I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. So, I am here in the Louvre and uh, recording introduction here with uh, Daryl Edwards is the episode that we had today. And I'm just hanging out with a couple of my new buddies that I just met here, uh, one of which's name is Aaron, oddly enough. And they are busking here in this beautiful Coliseum hallway thing out front of the Louvre. I have some photos of uh, where I'm at if you guys are curious. Uh, check it out on the website. I should have them up soon. Uh, but yeah, just inside this amazing acoustic hallway here with pillars and sculptures and all sorts of stuff. And we have uh, them playing in the background as you can hear. I uh, just got done with some <laughs> some lunch. I had a bunch of white bread, a uh, ton of butter, uh, red wine, uh, some s- bloody raw meat, and <laughs> what else? Pretty much breaking every code possible to the standard American healthy diet. And uh, that was just fantastic. I'm feeling a little bit buzzed. It's three o'clock. That's just great. I'm, on, I'm, I'm traveling. Doing, doing as the French do. Um, today, in this episode, I chatted with uh, Mr. Daryl Edwards, who is just a radical guy. I would suggest checking his stuff out. I uh, wrote a really fantastic book called uh, Paleo Fitness and taking a different perspective on movement, getting out of the linearity of our movement. As you know, I'm fairly obsessive with spreading that word, and that's what we got into with this. Options on how to make that happen. He um, told just a really moving, powerful story of kind of how he got into this movement modality, this approach, getting outside of the box. We walked into a bar um, and we could tell immediately that it wasn't the best place to be. Very unfriendly. And uh, <laughs> we realized we had to get out there immediately. So as we were kind of backing out of this bar, we had probably about 20 people run after us and kind of gave chase. So my fears were replaced by the joy of being in charge of my own destiny. And in many respects, there is no such thing as failure. Do you know what I mean? Whatever happens, it's an education, uh, it's an experience, and I have the opportunity to say, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Most children, um, when given the opportunity again, immerse themselves in movement and immerse themselves in something that they enjoy immediately. And they'll 
they'll decide again right away like I'm not enjoying this I don't want to do this anymore because it's not fun you know they're not you know, can you imagine saying to a child right I want you to run in a straight line for 45 minutes and just see how fast you can go you know most kids would probably run for 45 seconds and go I've had enough that's boring really really great episode i hope you guys enjoy he is all the way from england so i was just hanging out with him actually just like a week ago at the uh the first ever paleo event in uh, the uk called what is that called paleo unplugged health unplugged it was really great i had a great time um so enjoy the episode uh been checking out the louvre the art here just the sculptures from all around the world just fantastic amazingness um it's interesting to see the culture the art the expression from all of these different places around the around the globe in one spot and what you end up seeing what i ended up kind of kind of seeing was it's you're capturing a moment of you could call it the, the collective unconsciousness of that community of that culture and what you see with that seems like the whiter people get, sometimes the, the more bastardly they become. <laughs> Hello, this is a edit to this intro because I was about to get into some subjects that could potentially be a bit insensitive considering uh, what just happened last night here in Paris, which is literally just few blocks down from where I'm staying. I'm staying here at this uh, dance studio called Canon Dance. Very cool spot. If you guys ever had a chance, I'd come out here and take some workshops. It's a really sweet spot. Um, but yeah, so I was about to say with the white people being bastards <laughs> is what I saw in the art at the Louvre was uh, you get this very interesting juxtaposition of all of these cultures from literally around the world all of their art back to back, side to side, you know, in different rooms. And what I witnessed with that, and this is just what I witnessed with this, I by no means am an art critic, I don't know anything about this stuff, it's just what I saw and what I see was the history, the snapshots that we get from these places that we think as being the safest places, the winners, you know, they mostly like the European countries, it's like, we look at the art and you see this really interesting melting pot of fear and aggression and you have like this juxtaposition between good and evil and the religious iconic paintings and see the people weeping you see the men with the swords and it's just like it's freaking scary and then you look at the places that we consider to be unsafe you know, the, the most dangerous places in the world, the places that the, the, where the people come from the dirt, us as rich white people were afraid of. And you look at the art that they're creating, or they created, and uh, it's beautiful. It's from nature. It's about their relationships. It's about feeding their children. It's about the, the animals running through the prairie or the savanna. And if art is an expression of you could call it the collective unconscious of that moment in time in that society, which I think it is, then I think we should look at that and kind of just question where we came from. 
and not just assume that we are the best because we were born in the place that we were born at. I think that's a really small-minded perspective. And then Paris got blown up by terrorists. <laughs> uh, but along with that, I still don't disagree with what I said. I just need to have a little bit more clarification. I think it's important to look into this deeper and not just say, oh, the terrorists came in and they're evil and, you know, it, it's, it's all bad, it's all them. I ignorantly wonder what is happening at a deeper level to cause that deep hatred for France, for Europe, for North America. I'm not saying anybody's wrong or right. I just would like us to question where the root of all this stuff is coming from because I don't personally know. <laughs> Please write me and, and, and clear things up because I just I, I think it's physics. Every action has an equal reaction and uh, I just wonder where all this stuff is coming from. I don't know. I don't think that the, the answer is necessarily to drop more bombs in order to remedy the bombs that have been dropped on us and vice versa and going back and forth with that. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Blah, 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 blah. All right. That's all. little edit just so I didn't offend anybody with my previous buzzed up statements. Back to the normal intro. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, I'm rambling on. Holy crap. I don't drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for me, having some wine at lunch uh, makes me a little buzzed. I apologize for this. <laughs> uh, anyways, Mona Lisa, that was cool, but uh, a little bit, a little bit too guarded. Interesting thought with the guarding of art. What I find with this, <laughs> I find that the more that we guard the art, it comes to a point where it gives it power, and then it reaches a point where you've guarded it so much that it loses its life. And that's what I found with the Mona Lisa, was it's being, it's, it, it, it's the, the walls are so thick around the Mona Lisa that now it's trapped. And I think that we can do that with ourselves. Right? We can do that with, with our, uh, our ego. We can do that with our own art, our own expression, whatever it may be, with our, you know, our, our family, our children. Guard the, guard the babies! And then they never end up being able to actually evolve and grow up into being beautiful, expressive human beings like they should. All right, that's enough. I apologize for all this. <laughs> Uh, please be sure to check out aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you find the blog, hundreds of free videos on self-care and functional movement, the self-care kit, uh, any support that you guys can do. E motivation is fantastic. If you don't got any money, just send a comment on iTunes. I so greatly appreciate that. I swear to God, it makes me incredibly happy. And, uh, what else? Oh yeah, money's great too. You can you can you can check out the self care kit. Uh, I'm gonna mark that 30% off uh, because in April I have a new kit uh, coming out. Which I mean, it's, it's pretty much it's it's the same thing. The only difference is the lids are gonna screw on, which is great because if you're in France, you can throw a bottle of wine and a baguette in there or whatever you're into. 
Um, but you can keep the tools in there. You can throw them against the wall, and that thing it shouldn't fall out. We'll, I've got to, we'll, I haven't actually received the thing yet, but it should be strong. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna mark. I have like 60 left of the other ones that don't have the screw-on lids. So if you know if you if you drop them on the floor or something like that, the, the lids the lids will tend to pop off. So 30% off on that. Check it out. Uh, the next ones will will uh, be full price. So buy the 60, please, and thank you. It helps support the trip. Um, utilize the Amazon portal. That's great too. The other thing I wanted to add is uh, this beautiful performance with my two new French friends. I will uh, be putting, I don't know how much I recorded, probably maybe like six or seven minutes of it or so. And I will put that at the end of this episode. If you guys want to have some live music from an incredibly acoustically brilliant hallway in the Louvre, um, on your drive or wherever you're listening to this at, tune in to the end of the podcast and uh, I would check it out. There's like a little bit of banter from time to time because it's live, baby. Um, yeah, check it out. So as well, this trip, I hope that my intention with this is and broadcasting it is to inspire folks to do ridiculous things. If there's something in your life that you think it might be a little bit outside of the box, a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit dangerous, it's safer to stay inside, I would say get the heck outside and go do that thing. If you're, doing, if you're in a career that doesn't serve you, that doesn't make you feel whole inside, passionate, strong, empowered, the most optimal version of yourself, I would suggest quitting that as soon as possible. Because, well, maybe not quitting as soon as possible, but at least starting to venture out and secure roots in another place. We are constantly digging roots no matter where we are at. So if you are doing some job that doesn't serve you and you, you, you would rather do something else, you're digging yourself deeper into that as you already know, I'm sure. Thank you for listening. Go do crazy stuff. I'll be trying for the next five months. Stay tuned. I will keep you posted on the whereabouts and I will be uh, giving you little pieces, little nuggets of uh, the culture of the countries in Europe and Africa that I end up at. Aight. Thank you so much. Um, peace out. Here we go. Daryl Edwards. Bam, 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 bam. Is there anything else? No, that's it. Peace out. Align Podcast. All right, man. I'll uh, do a little moment of silence. And then we'll start talking about randomness. All right. Daryl Edwards. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Uh, last time we got to see each other was at Paleo FX, and you were doing a fantastic movement workshop where we're getting all animalistic on the ground and doing some interesting rabbit crawling and gorilla crawling and all sorts of cool stuff. I had a great time. I think you're a, a super great teacher. And, um, uh, one of the things that really stuck out for me with that was the story that you told where you almost got a pretty good ass whooping. It was that you were out in like a bar and uh, you got chased down and you weren't able to make it over some, or you were, your buddy was, I don't know, something. It was very, I like almost cried, I think. Um, <laughs> could you, would you by chance be able to start us off and like, 
I mean, I guess maybe you should tell us who you are and stuff, but I really want to know the story. That story that's so good. I think story. it's so important that people hear that story. Yeah, okay. So, well, I'm, I'm Daryl Edwards, and I'm the, <laughs> known as the fitness explorer. And so when people meet me for the first time or they attend one of my workshops, they tend to assume that I've always been fairly fit and active and uh, I've been doing this for, for my entire life, um, which isn't, isn't the case. So I, I used to have a... My day job used to be a computer programmer working within investment banking, very sedentary, and um, I didn't give much thought to movement or activity. So I was pretty, pretty weak, feeble individual. And I remember probably a few years after starting my, my life and health and well-being transformation, and I was just like getting into fitness, and I got into functional fitness in a big way. Um, a friend and I, we walked into a bar um, and we could tell immediately that it wasn't the best place to be. Very unfriendly. And uh, <laughs> we realized we had to get out there immediately. So as we were kind of backing out of this bar, we had probably about 20 people run after us and kind of gave chase and uh, expressed that they really wanted to cause us some harm. So we started running, and some of these guys were really out of shape. I mean, they would, you know, they'd been drinking lots of beer. They, you know, they had they had huge beer guts. So we were like, no problem. We'll run for a couple of minutes. They'll they'll be gone. Um, but they kept on running, <laughs> and it's like five minutes later, they were still running, and they were still kept on, you know, adrenaline pumped, still kind of going for us. And we're like, hey, you know what? We need to we need to find a wall. We need to kind of get over the wall. Um, and then I reckon then we'll, we'll be okay. So my friend and I got to this wall and uh, it was about eight foot high and we, we could both kind of get our fingertips at the top of this wall and we were like, hey, let's just pull ourselves up and we couldn't get up. We couldn't pull ourselves up and, uh, and we didn't have enough space to kind of try and run up the wall. It was just like, we just got to pull ourselves up. What's, what's going on here? So we couldn't pull up. Um, so it was like, okay, I'll give you a... I'll give you a leg up, I'll, I'll kind of bunch you up and then you kind of pull me up with your arm and uh, failed abysmally. So I managed to push my friend up, he got onto the top of the wall and he failed doing the whole kind of cliffhanger, you know, cliffhanger Stallone thing, trying to pull me with one arm, <laughs> failed miserably. He got over the wall and did a, and did a runner and then I continued running. Um, fortunately, we both, both got away, but it was, it, I mean, it was horrifying and uh, it made me realize at that point that my functional fitness and my functional training couldn't prepare me for a real-life scenario whereby if I wasn't able to complete it, I could be under some serious, uh, you know, serious harm right. could, uh, you know, and pain would have come my way. So my training methodology changed uh, pretty much from that moment on. Awesome. And um, thinking about more practical methods when it came to movement yeah. and the ability to not only pull, do a pull-up or a muscle-up but to actually be able to climb a wall, you know, to climb a tree, to not, you know, to be able to out-sprint some guys who are, you know, twice my body weight yeah. <laughs> and most of it in the gut. You know, I should be able to lead these guys pretty quickly uh, and, and then to want to give up, but that wasn't the case. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I questioned a lot of my, my fitness abilities, um, which were really about what I could do in the gym. And I think that that's so crucially important. You know, one of the questions that I ask people all the time, you know, is like, 
every time you are in the gym or wherever you are, you know, you always have to ask the question of how does this directly relate to my life? How is this going to make me better at being a human being? How will this help me to move like a human? What does it mean to move like a human? You know, and like we have this abstract conception of like what we don't know what humans humans should move like i think you know when we think like functional movement nobody knows what functional movement is i mean i try to think that i do but like you know most people we say like oh, i'm doing a functional bicep curl like what is that that doesn't mean anything yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. So, like, like yeah. The, the functionality is if you are in a in this situation it was it was a racial thing right they were trying to chase mm. you because you Yes. Which that I'd like, to, I'd like to get into that as well, actually. But, you know, if you're in that situation where your house is on fire or you step into a bar and people want to kill you for some random ignorant reason, can you get out? Can you escape the fire? You know, that yeah. to me yeah. is functionality. You get a Frisbee up in the tree. Can you climb it and get it down or you just throw another Frisbee up and get it, another Frisbee stuck up there? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it only becomes relevant uh, when the context allows you to perform that function. Otherwise, it's not functional, is it? Do you know what I mean? You can perform that movement pattern, but it only becomes uh, realized as a functional movement pattern when it actually achieves the objective. So me doing a pull-up on that brick wall, I couldn't do it. Right. You know, even though I could do a pull-up in a gym or on a bar, a nice grip, uh, you know, trying to perform that on another object, I failed miserably. Right. So yeah, there's, there's far more to function or functional movement yeah. and just function. It's the object meeting the objective and the practical capability, which is important, not just the functional one. Right. And I would I would relate you know, gym fitness, the standard box model of fitness, as comparable to eating a pill to stay healthy. You know, it's like you take you have this convenient package. It says like laser X, you know, extreme whatever on the side of the machine and it has this perfectly ergonomically fit handles and you know, you just pop the pill. It is 30 minutes, turn your brain off, do the repetitions, and you'll be healthy. You know, and what you get is you do get stimulus. You know, you do have a stress response and you know you mm, end mm. up you end up physiologically changing. You know, but what you end up doing is you simplify and you, you end up missing, you know, the, the forest for the trees or whatever that phrase is. You know, and I think it's, it's just so crucially important that we expand our minds beyond that. And that's the big thing that really interests me is yeah. by moving linearly, I promise you are making your mind, your emotional body, the way that you think, it has an impact on that. You know, and this gets back into like, you know, left hemisphere, right hemisphere, integration, cross crawl patterns, you know, all this different stuff. Where it's mm, like, mm. We've seen the way that we move impacts the way that we think, the way that we feel. You know, so if you are continually in this stuck machine position and that's, you know, that's your movement for the day, I guarantee yeah. that will impact the way that you feel as a human being. Yes, yes, you for know? sure. And so I'm curious for, for you, how does a person start? You know, so it's like, okay, cool. I can do a muscle up. That's great. How, mm. how do I tra <laughs> how do I translate that into I can pull myself over a wall? Do you just start pulling up on walls, or like, where does a person start? I think, yeah, you just got to get yourself in front of a wall yeah. and try and pull yourself up. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that's the best way to to you know to assess why you're failing. You know, why can't I pull myself up against this, you know against this wall? Is it because my knees are grazing against the wall? Is it because I can't get a grip with my feet? Is it because I don't have enough upper body strength? What, what is it? And, and work, you know, find out. A bit like being a kid. You know, a kid isn't necessarily given instruction 
to perform a lot of their natural movement capability. You know, it's, it's instinctive, it's through trial and error, and we want to relearn some of that right. and look at that object in a playful way and go, hey, I just want to climb that because it all looks like it'll be fun. Right. You know, and, and they can risk assess once they're given that, that opportunity to risk assess and they start realizing, okay, I need a bit of a pull, a bit of, okay, I need to try and see if I can climb and change the body position and you work it out that way. And so I think if you're investing a significant amount of time in one movement pattern like a muscle up, especially because it's the, it's the type of move that people like to say, you know, yeah, yeah I've, right. I've mastered my muscle up. Yeah, what, right. on the rings? Yeah, I can do it on the rings. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm like, it's like, okay, but it doesn't really mean much. Right. You know, it just means you can do a muscle up on, on, on a set of rings. Right. It doesn't mean you can do anything else. Right. You know what I mean? So maybe it's better to be more capable across the board right. um, rather than just being a specialist at one movement for the wow factor, that, that's, that's my kind of take on things. It's like, I'd rather be more um, a, a movement generalist sure. and a jack of all trades and a master of one. Right. You know, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's, yeah, that, that's where I'd want to be. And I feel if you focus on that, you'll be healthier as a result. You'll be less prone to injury because you're less likely to have repetitive stress, right. like repetitive strain injuries. Uh, I feel that it's more enjoyable because you'll have different, you know, lots of alternative stimulus and motivation to movement because you won't be constantly doing the same movement again and again until you get sick of it. Um, so no, I, I think there's a lot of benefit in variety rather than just you know, sole focus on one movement pattern. Right. And as um, I had Erwin Lacour from MoveNet on here as well, and we had a really cool conversation in regards to this. And, you know, one of the things that he mentioned that I thought was great was, was uh, I call it objective-based fitness. You know, like that's what a lot of us end up getting caught up in is like you're looking at, you know, oh, I'm going to lose this many calories. Or I'm going to get this many, you know, ab ripples or whatever it is. And you're mm. just looking into this future thing and you're like, this mm. is, I'm just going to sweat, grip my teeth, eat my freaking, you know, Kool-Aid protein shake. And I'm just going to get there. You know, I'm going to forget about the whole journey of, of arriving. You know, it's like he calls it uh, delayed gratification. You know, and, mm. and, and mm. What, what I think is really important is that we recognize that if you're in the right path, you know, you, every moment can be gratification. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It should be instant. It should be instant gratification. <laughs> right. Um, when it comes to movement, that that's my opinion. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to think about delayed gratification um, or the endorphin rush at the end of the movements. Right. You know, it's like I want it now, and and most most children. Um, when given the opportunity again, immerse themselves in movement yeah. and immerse themselves in something that they enjoy immediately. And they'll, they'll decide again right away, like, I'm not enjoying this. I don't want to do this anymore because it's, it's not fun. Right. You know, they're not, you know, can you imagine saying to a child, right, I want you to run in a straight line for 45 minutes and just see how far you can go. You know, most kids would probably run for 45 seconds and go, I've had enough, that's boring. Right. What, what are we going to do now? What, what, what do you mean, you know? Right. You know, they'll probably start twisting around and collapsing on the floor and they see something they want to climb over or maybe try and piggyback, you know, their right. siblings. Or, so, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I can understand why people 
uh, go for objective-based fitness or delayed gratification. Right. It's because we like to measure, we like to have benchmarks of achievement, and we like to say, you know, we, want, we like status updates on Facebook, you know. Yeah. I ran 5K. I did my, you know, twice body weight deadlift. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, fits into, it fits into the adult's uh, view of the world. Right. I have, a, I have a random question. I like to go in all kind of different kind of like rabbit holes with this show. Um, yeah. You know, so one of the things that I, I definitely witness in myself and with people around me, you know, is we move the way that we feel, you know? So when you take on some, I'm, you know, I'm the CEO of this company, you know, it's like, I need to, I, I need to move like a CEO. It's like, I wash dishes for this place or I, you know, whatever. I'm a drug addict. Everyone thinks I'm a drug addict, you know? So I have to move like a drug addict, you know? It's like, we all, we take on these titles and we start to move in relation to that and we perpetuate that and get deeper and deeper and deeper into that title and before, until eventually it becomes us. And you see this with like martial artists or rock climbers. Oftentimes, if you get so deep into a speciality of movement, you start to become that. It's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I felt this happen with myself. With I felt this happen with jujitsu before. I was like obsessive yeah. with it, you know, and yeah, I got to a yeah. point where it's just like, <laughs> I literally feel like I am jujitsu. I'm not that great at jujitsu, you know, but I, yeah. was, I, was, I was doing it so much that I felt like it was, it was a part of me, you know, mm -hmm. and so I'm curious with you, you are a, a, a handsome, outspoken uh, black man, African American, African UK man. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So we we, we say Afro Caribbean here, but right. yeah, I know I know what you mean. So so have you have you felt that in yourself? For example, like when you went into that bar and there was a bunch of you know racist bigots in there, you know whatever, you know the biker gang, and they felt like they wanted to kill you you know have you in have you in your life have you dealt with a lot of racial controversy and has has the fact that you are you know an outspoken uh afro-caribbean dude you know has, has yeah. that has that impacted your movement do you feel is that something that you've witnessed in yourself at all um yeah that's a really interesting question i mean hey i i, I um i mean from a very early age uh, you know, I was aware of of racism and and um, and dealt with with prejudice, and that. On the one hand, uh, I combated that through doing very well academically and and succeeding in my previous career. But uh, there are many situations where you know, I mean, I can kind of laugh at them now. But there are many situations where. I had to, I, I confronted racism head on, you know. So, think, quick examples would be being offered a job on the on the phone, having a, having a telephone interview, being offered a job, being begged to start, you know, please come in immediately. We want you to start right away. Um, and I'd, I'd go into the office, <laughs> and they'd say, um, "Not quite. I don't think we've got a job for you, sir." Um, hold on a second. I just spoke to you half an hour ago. You know, um, no. Right. So yeah, so I, I had some some pretty remarkable situations where you you realise no matter how educated you are, no matter what your qualifications, there are some people who will just judge you based on the colour of your skin, right. and and that's just life and 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 reality. Right. Uh, and in terms of how it affects me, uh, in terms of movement, in terms of how I kind of carry myself now, well, I first and foremost feel that I represent human being a human being right. 
Um, and I feel that people should be judged uh, on their character, not on the color of their skin. And so even though I have had situations where I've been on the receiving end of, of, of racism, um, you know, I, wanna, I still want to be able to judge people based on, on how they treat me and, and how they act and how they are. And I would hope that the world is becoming more tolerant as time goes on. And there'll be some utopian in thousands, many thousands of years where we'll go, I can't believe there was such a thing as racism back in the uncivilized 21st century or whenever. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I, I do hope that we'll, we'll be able to transcend that at some point. But for now, unfortunately, no. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then another thing that's pretty, a lot of folks that I end up talking to have a similar story with, in that they were, you were a, a technologist, which I don't actually know what a technologist is. But it sounds yeah. <laughs> it sounds advanced. It sounds pretty interesting, and um, you know. So you were in investment banking, and you were you know you were you were very much in you know like the the Babylonian world. You know you were you were, that was that was your reality. Sure, right. Oh, oh, that was my reality, and I I loved every I loved every minute of it uh, for a very long period of time. Um, yeah, so I was a I was basically a computer programmer and uh, developing building systems for you know big kind of financial systems right. for bankers to trade so for bankers to make make significant sums of money and because of the technology employed you would be paid you'd also be paid significant sums of money right. so um and there were only a handful of people sometimes that would have that skill set right. so it was very lucrative but it was very highly charged it was very highly pressurized right. and there was zero tolerance for error so you know there was always that threat of um, ah, you know, Daryl, you made that that one mistake of not putting that that period in the right place. That full stop in the right place means we lost however many, you know, hundred thousand dollars in a few seconds. So goodbye. Right. But what? I've been here for five years, and I've, <laughs> you know, I've dedicated my life and soul to this. Ah, oh, yeah, but sorry, mate. So I saw a lot of a lot of former colleagues who they'd be in, you know, they'd arrive at work at nine a.m. And they'd be out by nine thirty because they weren't. They were seen as not being up to scratch. Right. You know. Even you know. Yeah. It was. And yeah, one of the things that's that's the, the as far as physiologically speaking, the most stressful for our body is unpredictability. You know, and so I, I oftentimes we're put in these circumstances. You know, if you look, if you ever read like Robert's any Robert Robert Sapolsky's books, he has a lot of really excellent work on this. You know, but if you look at even like, you know, primates, you know, out in, out in Kenya or whatever, you know, it's, it's when they're, they're, they can't predict what's happening next. That's when they have the greatest stress response. You know, when, mm. you're in that, mm. when you're in that situation, it's the same thing in relation to humans. When you're in that situation where even if you're in fairly catastrophic situations, you get used to it. And there's like, yeah. there's yeah. tons of studies on this in various different like war times and such where people, they measured whatever they were measuring, epinephrine or cortisol, whatever it was. And what mm. they found was that at first there's this big spike of stress response once the bombs start dropping and then if it becomes continual they're mm. like eh, no big deal i never bomb uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know but if it's like one bomb every 20 days one bomb every 40 days one bomb every 10 days 
That's wow. when you are continually, your stress response yeah. is, I don't know what's happening next. And mm, your physiology, mm. your biology it starts breaking down. It gets to a point where yeah. it's like insulin resistance, but for your stress response, you know, so it's like cortisol mm, resistance. Mm. Cortisol resistance. Cortisol yeah. resistance, yeah. where your body's constantly like, ah! You know, yeah, and I think yeah. that that's something that we continually do in our business reality. We're working for this symbol that's not real. You know, at any time, that symbol could, we could the floor could get taken out. You know, if you yeah, got, yeah. got $50,000 buried in your yard right now, you know, you at any point, Obama could get on, get on the air and say like, whoops, you know, like that's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's hope not let's hope not hopefully not <laughs> yeah yeah you're, that's a very good point I mean it's, it's modern this is part of uh, the 21st century isn't it that, that um, you know we're more we're now more aware of the fact that these global catastrophic events could be on our doorstep it, it, you know in our living room even if it's, we're watching the news you know right. and so we that kind of noise uh, almost like Static. Informational noise or kind of yeah, that kind of like irritate, constant irritation right. of uh, of kind of conflict and turbulence and right. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I I go through phases sometimes of of not watching the news. I used to be, I used to one of the things I used to love doing after work, you know, I'd, I'd come home at like nine thirty at night or something like that, and I would watch the ten o'clock news. So we have a ten o'clock news, uh, a lot of the channels here. So at ten p.m. I'd watch the news. And I'd get even, and I would use that as a way to wind down. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Totally. And it's like, yeah, and it's like, of course, all you hear on an international news channel is the worst possible events that are happening around the world. Right. So, you know, but you get desensitized and you don't realize the harm it's doing. You know, like you say, you become cortisol resistant. I'm going to use that term now, mate. Yeah, that's great. You know, you become. You become cortisol resistant, and and you you kind of go, no, everything's fine, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, you kind of blow up, you self destruct. And know? one of the things I, I recently, I think it's some like Buddhist story or something. I don't, I, I heard it recently, um, and it was is essentially it's like us in this modern reality. You know, it, when you start to lose sight of yourself, when you start to lose sight of you know what's valuable, your family, your health, you know, your 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 self confidence, you know, like your feeling of, of just abundance in self, you know, that it's not in this material reality. It's almost like catching on fire. You know, and when people catch on fire, what do you immediately do? You run, you know, <laughs> and what you end up doing is you end up actually adding air, adding oxygen to that fire, which makes it you burn hotter, you know, and mm -hmm. I think it's a similar analogy in, in, in our modern world where it's like, oh, because I let go of the actual value in myself. I feel uncomfortable. I need to go buy another, you know, Walkman or whatever. If it's the '80s, you know, I need to go buy another iPod. I need to go buy this thin, new pair of pants. I need new pair of pants. These pants make me feel, <laughs> make me feel fat, you know. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. you end up doing is you just end up airing the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a fantastic point. I mean, yeah, it's it's there is a lot more. There's a lot more to to well-being than you know the kind of superficial components that we tend to focus on you know they, they, they we really do need a holistic kind of 360 degrees approach to our lifestyles and um and a lot of times we just get blinkered and set on a, on a particular path and ignore everything else because it's like oh, yeah this is working for me like you say it's a bit like the not, not knocking jujitsu but whatever that is for you whatever your right. jujitsu is 
Right. It's like, no, that's all. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on that. Right. And then you, you kind of realize either it becomes ineffective or you start neglecting other areas of your life right. that are probably more important at times, you know? Yeah. And then, so, um, yeah. And then one of the things that I respect about you and, you know, a lot of my, my friends and like virtual friends, the people that I'm connecting with in, in the world are kind of like born again entrepreneurs. You know, it's like where people, it's like you spent a large percentage of your life digging into this machine, whatever it may be. Maybe it was really fantastic and it was actually worth your time. And, and that's, that's great. Kudos if that was the case. Oftentimes you're spinning someone else's wheels, you know, and you were just yeah. a cog in a bigger engine. And then if all of a sudden you fail or you're not good enough or you decide to quit, they just replace the cog. No big deal. You know, no and, then you, and then you yeah. spent 20 years turning an engine that has no relation to you. And now you leave the system and you're just this lonely cog. You don't know what to do because you haven't developed yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and so what I think is so cool about what you've done is you went from, you know, like high level technologist. I don't know. I still, you know, whatever a technologist is, you were doing that, you know, yeah. and, you, and you turned into the fitness explorer, you know, and, and a lot of people would probably say you're crazy. I'm sure a lot of people did say you're crazy. And yes, and the, I still do. Right, <laughs> you know, and the, yeah. but, the, but the amazing thing with that is, is if you take some time and you really put some forethought into what you want your career to be, hopefully your career, what you invest your time and your energy and your life into is developmental for yourself on every level, you know, relig you know, religiously, spiritually, you know, physically, mm -hmm. mentally, relationships, like hopefully we can figure mm -hmm. that out. And I think that's something that we don't look at enough in health. You know, when we look at health, it's how many bicep curls you did, how much vitamin B12 did you get in the day? It's like, yeah, that yeah. is all icing on the cake. If you don't have a genuine reason to wake up in the morning, who the hell cares? Yeah. You yeah, know, your yeah, biology yeah. doesn't give a damn anymore because yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter how much, you know, how much kava you had for sleeping. If you, if you are stressed out at night, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. So could you kind of like chat a little bit about just how that transition was for you and the value, if you feel this way, if you agree of making mm. your work be, you know, your life, making it be developmental for you, for yourself. Um, yeah, that transition was, I mean, it, it was difficult because there were a lot of voices in my head as well as those around me <laughs> telling me that it was, it was a really bad idea. You know, um, uh, I, was, I went from an environment where I didn't want for anything financially to one where I decided to have to consider, you know, am I going to be paying the bills this month, you know? Um, and, uh, but the reward that came about from helping a client from somebody you know liking a, a you know a facebook post to, or, or commenting on my blog um buying my book and telling me that you know it's changed their life that any doubt i had um about following my dream and my passion was it disappeared right. you know so it was so my fears were replaced by the joy of being in charge of my own destiny. Right. And in many respects, there was no such thing as failure. Do you know what I mean? Whatever happens, it's an education, uh, it's an experience, and I have the opportunity to say, actually, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. I didn't, you know, when you, even though I was a consultant in my previous career, 
and I, I had some autonomy, um, there were still occasions where somebody's going, Daryl, can you just do X, Y, and Z for us, mate? Right. Oh, oh my goodness, yeah, but I've got this and this and this. You just told me to do this, this and this. You know, so even though I had so much autonomy, there were still times where I felt I had no control. I was still, you know, on the strings of the, you know, puppet master, right. um, doing whatever I had to do. Whereas now, I'm the puppet master. Right. I'm the puppet. Yeah. I'm the person, you know, sculpting the puppet. <laughs> I'm the person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm molding the puppet, puppet in my image. I, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to continue to do. Right. You know, this is what. Um, helps me to thrive and uh and i hope if i inspire that people are inspired by that journey of following your dreams but also um about carving your own way in, in this world you know what i mean you you i want to leave a legacy and that legacy isn't going to be i helped morgan stanley make you know, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 that's not what I want to be remembered for. You know, oh yeah, Daryl saved, you know, whatever. Right. Bank, yeah. lots of money. Or, you know, it's not, not, not something I want to be remembered for. Um, but as you, you know, your experience doing one of my sessions, you know, that's the sort of thing that people remember. It's, it's experiences, not necessarily material possessions. And, and I remember you because we had, there was some interaction. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just, okay, guys, I just want you to do X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, I'm completely immersed in, within the group activity, right. which, makes it, uh, which makes it even more interesting. Right. Could you do me a favor? Your, um, your sound little nugget receiver thing is rubbing against uh, your shirt, I think. So okay. it, sounds, it sounds like you're ferociously shuffling papers. It makes you sound really intelligent, I'm sure. He's like, this guy's doing notes. And, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that better now? Yeah, well, yeah. Just as long, I think it's just brushing against your shirt. I think it's what's okay. right. I, I right. can I'll, see I'm it. Kind of holding it up now. So awesome. Hopefully be awesome. Awesome. Um, so other question that I have is, mm. um, thank you for all that. I, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, and uh, for people that have gotten so deep in you know this wormhole like corporate wormhole whatever where it's like i've you know instead of becoming jujitsu i've become the corporation instead of becoming jujitsu mm. i've become the the postmaster or whatever you know it's like maybe something yeah. that it's not i don't even think it's that cool you know whereas like at least with some things it's like i know this is a bummer that i became that thing but it's like i at least kind of can accept that dogma i can kind of like mm. get involved and be mm. like stand by like i am jujitsu you know, but yeah, what about yeah, the, what yeah. about the people that you know they are the job that they don't want to be? How do they start getting out of that from a movement perspective? And which I, I again, as you obviously can tell from talking with me, I think that movement and emotional and, and you know mental and mm. all that it's all intertwined. But from a mm. movement perspective, how does a person get out of that rut? that they've dug for themselves, you know, and how, because if you just take a person that has not moved for 25 years and say, all right, I want you to climb this wall, jump up this tree, and then I want you to jump over this fence and tuck and roll out of it. You know, you can't just tell them to do that because they will break. 
you yeah, know? Yeah. And so like what, what I call, we, we kind of teach similar things in a sense. Um, the mm. thing that, that I, I focus on in the beginning, I call it a functional foundation. You know, so mm. the first it's like you lay the cement, you kind of clear things out and you kind of mm. get mm. rid of the crap that's impeding you from moving functionally first. Yeah. And yeah. then you yeah. add very simple, simple layers onto that. And eventually you have the foundation to really move like a human. You know, so how do you mm, how mm. do you teach people that are so twisted and twerped out to start? Like, what's the beginning ground floor for people? Yeah, so so for myself, um, yeah, I tried I try not to have a ramp up or a an introductory phase to my movement program, um, and the reason being is I want it to be almost infinitely scalable. So I remember. This year at, uh, at Paleo FX, uh, I was hosting pay, uh, workshops there. And in one of my sessions, I had two sufferers of multiple sclerosis, uh, one within a wheelchair uh, and another one who, who was standing. And they were, they were watching my session and going, this just looks fantastic, but how are we going to get involved in this? Right. And it was mid-session, and I said, come, you know, come and join us. And they were very hesitant, like, oh, we're not really sure, you know, look, I mean, have a look at us, you know, we're just not, we're not capable of doing anything like that. And, um, and I said, well, what would you like to do? And I says, oh, well, I'd like to do what you're doing now. I mean, we're doing like a jumping drill. And um, I basically assisted both individuals and gave them the capability of performing those movements with partner-based assistance. Right. So rather than rather than um, trying to create some developmental steps in order for them to perform that movement, I was like, I'm going to get you to do it. You know, it might, I may be able to do it myself. I may need, may need more of us <laughs> to be able to kind of carry you through that motion, right. but we're going to work through this together. And so that's, that's the approach that I use for, for Primal Play, of actually thinking about a team-based, team dynamic to get you to achieve an objective. Cool. And that objective is to take part, to participate in that movement, not the objective of actually achieving an end goal, but actually how can I immerse you in this without you feeling as if I can't quite take part. So I want to remove the, the barriers to entry. And, uh, and of course, you can't, I don't think you can apply that principle uh, for all movements. Right. Um, but if you're playing a game, as a lot of primal play is, then all you think about doing is getting people to play. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're a kid and, and you're by yourself and you see a group of kids, you know, you want to you wanna play with those kids. You know, you, you'd rather do that. You're like, how am I going to get to be friends with those guys? They're having such a great time. And, you know, sometimes this group will be like, hey, hey, do you want to join us? We need one more. <laughs> or, you know, we can see you by yourself. We want you to join in. And they, they help you. They'll tell you the rules. They'll be like, hey, we'll just we'll help you out. Um, and then anything's possible. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're on the, if you're on the sofa and you've been there for 20 years and you're concerned about movement, you've got to give them a reason for wanting to move. Right. And if you can make that enjoyable, you know, that's enough encouragement for most people. You know, I just want to get up the chair and do something that's going to be fun. Okay, I can deliver that. Yeah. So that's what there. That's what I would say I would do. I would deliver you an experience that you want to repeat again rather than you thinking about the fact that you're just so deconditioned there's no point 
Right. You know, I need to go and see my chiropractor first, right. and then in a few weeks I'll come and see you. Right? No, 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 no. Let's start you moving now. Right. Um, let's get you in. Let's get you loosened up. Let's get you moving, and um, you know what your limitations are. That's what we'll work to. Sure. But we're going to help you to do stuff that you never believed possible prior to this, and this moment. Yeah, that's something I think people need to recognize is when you watch Laird Hamilton, you know, drop into an 80 foot wave at Peahi at Jaws in, in Maui. Yeah. It's like, you're like, whoa, like he's just insane. He's totally different <laughs> than me. He's mm. not, he's not different than you. You know, like Jack LaLanne said, anybody can do what I do if they do what I do. You know, and, mm. that's, and mm. you know, it's like, we need to look at it from that perspective. It's like, they started with, you know, that, that foundation. You know, yes, it's like yes, they start, yes. he started off with his dad holding him up in a one foot wave, you know, and then yes. from there, it's like, I'm going to do a two foot wave tomorrow, I think, you know, and eventually yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, times 40, you have an 80 foot wave and bam, you did it. You know, and yes. it's so easy for us to look at people and just think, wow, you are, you're an animal, you're special, you're different. It's like, dude, that is yeah. such a cop out. You know, we yeah, need to yeah, recognize yeah. that it's just adding those layers. And one of the things that you mentioned, I think is really cool is relating you know, our human movement, our adult movement back to kids, you know, kids are brilliant. You know, somebody, mm. somebody clever, some, again, some philosophical thing said, kids are the closest to God and really old people are the closest to God, <laughs> you know, and then in between you turn into a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? There's plenty of those out there. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so, you know, I think it's really important, you know, we, we like, we treat our kids, you know, it's like a common thing, which I, I kind of agree with this in certain senses, but not to the degree that a lot of people probably, but like treat your kids like adults, you know, yeah. it's like, when I, which in a lot of degrees, I completely agree with that. But then in yeah. a lot of realms, it's like, I think your kids need to treat the adults like kids. You know, I think we need to like flip the script, you know, because yeah. they, they are such these wise little teachers. And the reason yes. they're such wise little teachers, because they're not teaching anything. You know, when you become the teacher, oftentimes you get all convoluted and wrapped up in your own ego and like, oh, this is how I sound. You know, it's like if you find the Buddha on the road, like kill the Buddha. He's, he, he's lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's just, I think it's, it's totally right. You, you learn to become dogmatic and, uh, you know, judgmental. And I don't know. It's, 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 that's a very interesting point. And there's something about nostalgia. I, I remember seeing a documentary um, a few years ago on the BBC, whereby there was some research done around nostalgia and getting those in their 60s, 70s, and 80s to live their life as if they were back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years back. Mm. And so um, they got this, this household of, of, uh, of subjects, 60, 70, 80, and they went back, to, I think it was to the 60s, so it was like going back 40, 50 years, yeah. and some of them are teenagers, some of them are in their 20s, and they had the same decorations, they were watching TV on the same TV sets back then, they were listening to music they listened to back then, and remarkably, they were performing physical feats, their vitality increased. I mean, it was just remarkable. They, you know, they weren't stooping over anymore, you know, they were kind of standing up straight, and they became more flexible and mobile and, and you know, were able to do kind of crossword puzzles that they couldn't do the week before. I mean, it was just incredible, right. the transformation, just because they remembered what it was like when, you know, they had all this, 
the world was you know, all ahead of them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They had all this bright future and potential and I can just do whatever I want. I can make the world my own. Uh, amazing. And, and so I don't want to wait until I'm 60, 70 and 80 to, to recognize the importance of my past and having that awareness of how incredible everything is. You know what I mean? I don't want to take this for granted and, and become complacent. It's like the world really is incredible. So I want to, I want to hold on to this as much as possible. And so that's why I hate, for example, I'm not a big fan. I can't say hate. I'm not a big fan of working out in the gym right. because I'd rather be outside in nature. Sure. Every single time I'm in that environment, even though I go to my local park, every single time is different. Every, you know what I mean? The, you know, the trees growing a little bit. The grass is a different length. I'm going to see different, you know, the habitat changes, the seasons change. You know, there's constant change and appreciation. Um, and that's what's really fascinating. You know, the things that you don't notice day to day or year to year or decade to decade. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to remember this moment and appreciate this moment. Mm. And that's why, but, that's why near-death experiences are cool. That's why hallucinogenics, uh, you know, or entheogens oftentimes, I'm not saying everyone needs to go out and eat ayahuasca, you know, but one of the things that people, you know, that have these experiences, one of the things that it opens them up, you know, they call it like dropping the veil. The veil being what you think is important, you know, and, and everything behind it being whatever you know it's like wow and the fact that we are i'm like you know talking into a microphone transmitting image you know all across the world it's unbelievable you know the fact yeah, that i yeah, can yeah. breathe the fact that i have billions of metabolic processes happening in my system right now i'm flipping mm, this mm. image that i'm looking at it's coming in flipping upside down and being processed you know, meanwhile, I'm only you're receiving 1% of like the electromagnetic spectrum. It's like there's so yeah, much yeah. going on right now. Yeah, there is. Yeah, for and, sure. And, yeah. We're, and we're bummed out because our dog pissed on the rug. <laughs> Shut up. <you> know? <laughs> and I don't even have a dog and it's happening. Yeah, you know right. I mean? <laughs> someone else's dog pissed on my rug. Yeah, someone else's dog, yeah. Yeah, so actually someone else's dog somewhere else is pissing on their rug and I'm right. pissed off about it. And I'm thinking about it because I'm watching the goddamn news and yeah. that's what we talk about on the news. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. There's, there's far more to be blessed about and happy about more often than not, than, than what causes this kind of grief, do you know what I mean? Totally. But um, yeah, no, sure. <laughs> and so one of the things that I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to touch on is um, you know, with, with moving like kids, you know, again, another, another quote I think is really cool is, um, what is it? Creative adults are children that survived is how it goes. And that's like mm. one of my favorite quotes, you know, mm. because when you see people that have bright ideas, that have electric in their eyes, that are just stoked to wake up, stoked to dance with you, stoked to you know, have a conversation with you, they're excited about something. What are they excited about? Kind of looks like a kid being excited about like picking up a piece of dog poo and tasting it. You know, it's like <laughs> having that, you know, that excitement of just like, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. And so they, they won't do it again. Right, well, but they're learning, you know, and, yeah. and what they won't do it twice, but yeah, the first time you'd be like, first, wow, that first looks like chocolate. The first time it was great. Have you ever tried, yeah. have you ever, have you ever tried your own piss, Daryl? I, I honestly can say I haven't, not, not intentionally anyway, so. Uh, All right. That's but a yeah, side, I mean, that's a side it's, subject. it's, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I'm sure if I was uh, severely dehydrated, yeah. you know. 
I'd probably ha- I'd probably have to. Yeah, it's looking. actually it's reportedly quite good for your skin. The urea from urine is actually really good for uh, moisturizing or exfoliating or something. It's fantastic for the skin. There's a there's a famous boxer. I don't remember his name, but he would uh, take piss from his mm. baby's diaper and like put it on his hands before he puts hands in the gloves. And um, I don't. Oh. I, that I, I read that in in so, this book called uh, what what's what we need to know about our pee. It's like the pee book. <laughs> it's a great book. Everyone should check it out. I can't see. I, I'm trying to think of a, a reason, a benefit of how, of kind of moisturizing your hands before putting them in a boxing glove. I mean, it just doesn't seem. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's like you, yes. you know you're going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, your hands are going to get bashed up and kind of you know. Yeah, I don't Changed know. Changed anyway, aren't they, in a boxing glove? So, oh, yeah. Maybe put some aloe vera on the actual, on the wrap, you know. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Piss, right. piss in your opponent's eyes, that would probably be damaging somehow. Yeah, that would, yeah you could that get could, a, that could a, be a something, something to do with it. Anyways, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, what, I was, what, I was chat, what I was thinking about originally um, was how, so the way that we move impacts the way that we feel. When we move like a, a kid or move like an animal, it invokes those aspects of ourself at a deeper, you know, neurological, emotional, whatever level, you know. And so you will notice this if you move very stiff and upright, you know, you become this, this stiff, upright adult, you know. And when you, what happens is, you know, I've heard, I've heard you mention this before as, as well, is like we learn, oh, you got to move like an adult. Sit still. Right. You know, don't don't move. You don't distract anybody like stay focused right here. And we have come to believe that that's the what we're supposed to do. Who the heck says that that's that that's the reality? You know, we just believe that's the case. And one of the things that's interesting is we get babies to try to walk sooner than than they should. You know, I I, kind of just glanced on the cross crawl thing. Uh, Little kids, they need that development of cross crawl, left hand, right leg, right left foot, right hand. That. Cross crawl pattern is integrating their neurology. It's integrating their nervous system, right? So if you end up forcing a kid to stand upright like an adult at a very young age, you're potentially sacrificing their neurological, their their cognitive and physical development in the long run. And it becomes like a party trick, like woo. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. You're hurting him because you're forcing yeah. him into this bubble that you perceive as being accurate. But I think we need to step back and kind of look at like maybe we all just need to start rolling around the ground and, and wrestling and playing and loving. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. people aren't having these emotional connections where they, it's like sexuality is taboo in our culture. What is that? You know, it's very, yeah, probably yeah, not yeah. the same in your culture so much. But yeah. No, it's the same. It's definitely the same. I think it's a, it's it's pretty much part of the Western world, isn't it? Uh, you know, there are you know, differences in certain cultures, but pretty much we, we, we find it very difficult to, to come to terms with sexuality and, you know, but hey, it's anything about us that is uh, seen as ancestral or animalistic or primal, right. uh, we want to push, uh, push as far away from that as possible. Right. And um, and the reality is, most of what's beneficial in terms of my lifestyle is going back to basics, going back to nature. You know what I mean? The further away I go from nature's prescription, the the less healthy healthful I am. So uh, yeah, that that's 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 my definite belief. Right. It's like actually, let's go back. There's a reason why 
you know, nature kind of knows best. <laughs> you know, just just sometimes you gotta listen. You gotta listen to your your ancient parents when they're telling you, hey, you know, I'm telling you, I've been there before, mate. Just just have a listen, pay attention. Don't don't make the mistakes I did. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I know best. Right. You know, twenty twenty first century. You know, man knows better than the last. You know, last few million years. Who cares about that? <laughs> it's, a sim- it's a similar concept with with your you know your your conscious mind versus your unconscious mind. You know, it's like our conscious mind. I might mess these numbers up. Someone can fact check me. But the con- the the unconscious mind processes something like eleven million bits of information per second, I believe. And the conscious mind processes something like four hundred bits of information per second, right? And so this could be off. Some someone you know check it out. But it's something. It's like it's something huge, like five hundred thousand times more processing power. That being said, you know, so we're constantly taking in information from our subconscious, you know, mind and receiving mm. like, oh, does that make person make me feel good inside? Is that is that person going to rob me? Does this the color of this wall? Is this like, how do I feel about this? We're thinking about that yeah. stuff at a deeper yeah. level, you know, and then there's the conscious, you know, 400 bits of information that's running the ship. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's I mean, that's a fascinating point. It, it's that, that interconnection and... Um, you know, that sort of what we perceive, you know, a, a bit like you mentioned earlier about all of these metabolic processes that are happening that, you know, we often, obviously, we don't pay attention to, you know, it just, it just happens. It happens by default. And it's like, it's, it's absolutely incredible how, you know, it's miraculous, isn't it? Right. What's happening right. and why it happens and how we kind of, in many respects, kind of hold ourselves together, (laughs) you know, in this very dynamic open system, but this still keeps some sort of regulation going. And, um, it's, you know, I, it's, it's more than just the subconscious and conscious mind. It's, it's a subconscious mind, conscious mind. It's the, it's the body. It's, it's our interaction and, and, and interconnection. It's, you know, the environmental triggers. It's, it's the whole kind of nine yards I mean that's right. I should be using American slang but uh, <laughs> as, a, as a British guy but you know it's it's there is a so much so much more to us that is extremely important right. that we we want to ignore and um, you know even even when you think about as you said the virtual interactions the social interactions and uh, what we desire from a lot of those interactions socially is what we really want in the real world but it's not as easily uh, attainable do you know what I mean yeah. you know we're not you know if I, I don't know, if I if I went into the office and said to a hundred people hey guys you know a thousand people hey guys uh, you know I had a horrendous journey on the way into work today <laughs> you know you might get one or two people going oh yeah I sympathize with you mate oh it's terrible right. you post that on Facebook you know you might get a hundred people going like <laughs> You know, let me tell you about when I had my journey this morning and, right. you know, so that, that, that sort of uh, social um, proof sure. around Confirmation. what you're doing and when and do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that sort of like the, 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 the kind of cumulative, commutative kind of pat on the back. Yeah. You're doing a great job, sir. Right. That's what we want, you right. know, and it all stems from the fact that, you know, no man's an island. And we need to thrive. We do need that social interaction, meaningful social interaction. And so, 
the, the kind of the whole lifestyle piece, the paleo lifestyle that I follow, it's it's all about that. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's otherwise it's just a sanitized, uh, refined version of what we should be doing for health. Sure. You know? Can, so we're running running low on time. Um, can yes. you can you do you got to be out of here right now? Or it's one it's one thirty two. Do you got to be? Yeah, uh, I have. All right, cool. So <laughs> so we got so so. Hold on, did you just say five three? Yeah. What's five three mean? Eight. <laughs> oh, eight minutes. <laughs> Damn you, conscious mind. <laughs> so, subconsciously, I knew you meant eight, and then I came in yeah. to bust myself around. Um, it could have meant fifty-three. It could have meant, meant a lot of things. It could have been. A, it could have been a, a gang sign where you were threatening. Yeah, it me. Could, yeah. I felt threatened. Palm uh, facing, you see. So that's how you know it's that's not. That's how a, you know yeah. you have no weapons. All right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> as far as like actionable <laughs> tips that people could utilize right now, what would you say? Like a couple exercises, like primal exercises that people can. And you have you have Paleo from A to Z, which is your new book that just came out, I believe. Is that the, that's new? And then Paleo Fitness is the one that's been out. Yes, that's right. So, so you have these resources that that I would suggest people to people follow. I haven't checked out the Paleo from A to Z book yet. I'd love to check it out. Um, you know, but I can I, I absolutely say you know from going to a workshop with you, I think what you're doing is great. You know, so I, I hope people get to Thank check you. that out. Um, but as far as like top couple couple of few or something exercises for people, it's like primal movement today. Should we pick people up? What should we do? Yeah, I mean, cool. I would say. Um, yeah, everyone's going to be able to do a, a mature squat. I mean, right. good standing position down into a low kind of hunter-gatherer squat and spend some time there. Um, I think is great. A whole body, nice whole body movement. And I think, as you mentioned, crawling in terms of development and kind of contralateral movement. Yeah. I think crawling is fantastic. Again, full body movement. Uh, you know, the whole body's engaged, multiplane of movement. And um, the challenge is not just physical, it's also, it's also mental. Yeah. And uh, that's how we generate new neurons, so it's extremely important. And, then, and probably the third movement would be some form of balance challenge. Right. So I like walking on balance railings, you know, balancing on walls, um, you know, having a little bit of fear, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of short-term stress, so you're not, you're not you know... Um, uh, cortisol resistant in that, you know, <laughs> right. yeah, um, is, is, is good. And then finally, I would say development, development of strength. And the best type of weight training, I would say, is to pick somebody up. <laughs> Piggyback, fireman carry, you know, Dracula carry. Right. Um, pick someone up, up, get tactile and manipulate, you know, a weight that isn't predictable. Yeah, awesome. There you go. And where <laughs> where do people find you, your websites, um, your books, Amazon? Where where do people get this stuff? Yeah, so I blog about uh, my lifestyle at thefitnessexplorer.com. Um, my new book, Paleo from A to Z, uh, or A to Z for my American cousins. Uh, you can read more about it and, and watch the trailer, the book trailer at paleo from A to Z dot com. And uh, Paleo Fitness, which is my previous book. So both books are on Amazon. They're in Barnes & Noble. They're in Waterstones in the UK. So they're all leading bookstores and also the not-so-good bookstores. 
And uh, you can catch up with me on social media at Fitness Explorer on Instagram at Fitness Explorer on Twitter and YouTube. So I've got quite a few videos on YouTube where you can see some demonstration of those primal movements that I discussed okay. earlier. A wide variety of, of videos uh, on YouTube. Very cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been I've been looking forward to chatting with you, man. So it's it's a good time. Thank you. Thanks so much, Aaron. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no worries. Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you can find my blog, you can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body. You can check out the online coaching where we work work out how to optimize your movement practice so that you can live optimally and pain-free for the rest of your life. As well, be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and a massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.
Thank you. 